We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome, everyone, to Hans Shop First. I'm Jeff, joined as usual by Scott and Alex. Say hello. Hello. Hey. This week, we're talking about the big sleep. We sure are. Yes. Talking about the big sleep, see? This is an oldie. This came out in 1946. Directed by Howard Hawks. Written by William Faulkner, Lay Brackett, or Lee Brackett, I don't know, and Jules... Firthman. Firthman? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Starring Humphrey Bogart, Lauren Bacall, John Rigidly. I don't know. <laughs> and Peggy Peggy Knudsen. Martha Vickers. Yeah. Dorothy Malone. A bunch of 1940s dames. So, mm-hmm. just, let me jump in here, Jeff, on the, the trivia. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's quite a bit of Interesting trivia, at least interesting to me. Uh, for starters, um, famously, at least at the time, uh, I, don't, I don't think it's common knowledge t- today amongst us anyways, maybe our parents, uh, but um, Humphrey Bogart had an affair. older than our parents. But, uh, but, yes. but I mean, like, they, yes. would, they, would, they would have a better idea of, like, sure. the, the, the scandals and gossips around some of the older uh, act. Like, in, in, anyway... The mm-hmm. Humphrey Bogart had an affair with Lauren Bacall while filming the movie. Um, he wound up leaving his wife, uh, so so that uh, was pretty spicy. Um, back... Well, I'm glad that doesn't happen in Hollywood anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nothing. Yeah, it's it's all above board now. But yeah, uh, back back then, the studios owned the the actors' contracts. You know, it wasn't like today where you just get you know, paid movie by movie. Um, and people were not happy with Lauren Bacall, of course, not Humphrey Bogart. Like, <laughs> blame the woman. But, uh, mm-hmm. so that, that caused a bit of a scandal. Uh, Bogart was, because of the problems with his marriage, at least according to the trivia, he he was just, like, lit the entire time he was on set. And, like, <laughs> oh, yeah. and they had to, like, delay filming at times. And um, I don't know how much of that was just him and how much of that was because it was the 40s and... <laughs> the guy was a heavy drinker. As was the style at the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he had to be doing uh, a lot of drinking for it to be a problem. The uh, I, I do love um, all of the... I, I, my notes have put them the hot bookmarms. <laughs> yeah. Like, any time someone's, like, working a counter in this movie, I guess it's not just books, but 
uh, yeah, there was these these very attractive women. Um, but the the woman in the books in the Acme bookstore across the st- street. Um, <laughs> she exploded after she put some TNT down Bogart's pants. Yeah. Well, that that was cut from the. the oh, film, okay. Yeah. Um, she's she's barely in the movie, but it's an actress named Dorothy Malone, and she would go on to win an Academy Award. Uh, for Best Supporting Actress for uh, a, a movie called Written on the Wind, a, a Western, in 1956. Oh. So, so there's I thought This woman who didn't have much of a part, but she made an impression. Um, there's a bunch of other trivia. Um, just two more that I really wanted to hit here. So the movie is convoluted. We'll talk about that, I'm sure. Um <laughs> But at one point, you know, there's different... Scott's just knocking off items off my list left and right here. Yeah, Scott, damn it. He's <laughs> knocking three items off my list. So, yeah. So, yeah. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. The, um... <laughs> so, okay, well, we'll save the trivia for the convoluted thing going. later. But the last one, um, is, uh... uh probably my number one. Let's hear it. Yeah. Is that Lauren Bacall is, is taller than Humphrey Bogart, right? Um, so that's why she slouched in the car and every time she's in one of those scenes. Oh, I thought it was because she didn't want to get spotted. I mean, like that, that's, I think that was like why they thought they could get away with it. But that was, I think, the real reason. Oh, I was wondering <laughs> I about that. She was, yeah, always slouched. Like she was like high or whatever. Yeah, and then there were like all the, the women in, the, in all these scenes are, are with like, I think the exception of the very first scene with, with Martha Vickers is Carmen Sternwood. Um, they're all wearing flats in the movie. Because like he's not Tom Cruise short, but yeah, hum- Bogey is uh, not not that tall. So hmm. uh, I like that they, they make comment on it. Yeah. yeah, 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 they do. I, I thought that was was really funny. Um, but uh, anyway, sorry, I, I I have an asshole for I didn't I didn't stop to think that some of these things. Are <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, um, as far as um, my my history with it, I'll, I'll, I'll take that segue, Jeff. Um, <laughs> Uh, I just run the whole show, Scott. Yeah, just do the whole yeah, thing on your own. It's my. What do you uh, got in sports to talk all about? Yeah, my my first time watching it. Uh, fan of noir and detective stories, and um, yeah, uh, I I enjoyed it, and we'll get more into it. <laughs> we sure will. All right, Alex, what's your history with this movie? Um. I've never seen a Humphrey Bogart movie besides Casablanca, and now I've seen two Humphrey Bogart movies. Uh, I've never even heard of The Big Sleep, so I was surprised when I found two on um, Amazon Prime is where I watched it. I don't know if you guys found it anywhere else, but... I went straight to Prime, yeah. Yeah. Wait, for free on Prime? No. No, no. no. Actually, oh, I, did, I did check HBO, because they have, like, the Turner Classic stuff. Classics. Yeah, but... Uh, they yeah. have The Slender Man. I did watch that you had to rent it for two forty nine. Are you out of your mind? But yeah. Uh, Alright, my history is the same. Never even heard of this movie. Um, I've seen a couple Humphrey Bogart movies, including Casablanca. But I had never heard of this movie, and this is the first time I'd seen it. I also want to say that the director, Howard Hawks, I've always heard a lot about him. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've seen any of his movies, but he has these big westerns and stuff. Like right, El Dorado right. and Rio Bravo, Red River. So those I kind of want to actually watch more than this, but um. the the one um, screenwriter 
Lee Brackett. Um, yeah, she she went on to write, I think, at least El Dorado for Hawks. Uh, she's a very rare woman screenwriter <laughs> in the, the 40s and 50s. Yeah. Um, and maybe I've seen El Dorado with my dad. I don't know. Some of these, I watched so many El- John Wayne movies with I, my dad. I, I think know, you, but... you would have had to have seen El Dorado because it was just like on all the time, like on the cable. I don't know if you, yeah, anyways. Um, all right, well, with that, let's get into it. As usual, we're going to talk about seven items from the movie, if Scott hasn't named them all already. Uh, mm-hmm. Scott, what's your number seven? No, I'm good. I, I went through all seven. I'll, I'll leave it to the audience <laughs> at home to, to guess which, which order. But, um, yeah. no, to start off, uh, I love the anachronisms here. Um, it, this really isn't a comment on, on so much on the, the film here. Um, you know whether it's good or bad, but just all the the different things that. Oh, shit. Sorry, forgot to silence my phone again. <laughs> all all the things that you know were from the forties. You know, <laughs> um, all the all the telephones. Um, you know the the story could have played out today with you know the same amount of using the phones, but having to like a couple times he's got to stop. And, like the, there's one point where he's using the rotary phone, and it feels like it takes an hour for him to dial. <laughs> uh, yeah, because <laughs> they like, should do the whole he, thing. Yeah, yeah. it had to, it was better when he had to talk to the lady and say, like, "Connect me to this place." Yeah, thirty five yeah. cents. Okay, here Every it is. Time, yeah, um, I couldn't get over how the cars were unlocked. Um, I didn't look that up. I'm assuming that that was a the thing. They just you didn't have locks on your car doors. Like you just didn't leave stuff in your car. I guess. Except for guns, apparently. Except for, yeah, <laughs> guns, your registration, yeah. <laughs> where people can find you immediately. Um, they didn't yeah. have Muldoon there to tell them what to do. <laughs> locking mechanisms yeah, yeah. on the vehicle yeah. doors. <laughs> That's right. There was no clever girls in 46. Uh, there, the word um, shamus, which I'd never, like, I remember hearing before. and Because uh, they kept calling him a shamus. Yeah. And I, I had to look that up in my minute and a half of Googling. Um, it, it's obviously slang for private detective. Like, I think that, that much is pretty obvious. But, uh. like, the, the first like site that I, I went to said basically uh, that they thought it was from Yiddish, from Seamus, because, you know, Irish people are cops, I guess. Um, and that got turned into this other spelling and then saying, yeah, it was just a term we don't use anymore. Um, the uh, the collar pulling, uh, stopping for somebody's list, but uh, some of the violence towards women. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Like, have... what's that, Jeff? Yeah, it's on my list. As well. Okay, then I'll, I'll okay. say any more about that. Um, but uh, yeah, just just all the the old timey <laughs> stuff, for lack of a better term. Um, yeah. That's my number seven. All right. Alex, number seven. My number seven is, and I thought this was clever. Um, I don't know why I thought they wouldn't do this in 1946, but I thought this was pretty clever. When he was at the bookstore talking to uh, the Acme bookshop proprietor, Dorothy Malone, he said, <laughs> he's like, so what do, you do? what do you really do? After they get done with their initial conversation, what do you really do? I'm a private dick. 
on a case. And then at that, right after he says I'm on a case, there's this thunderbolt. <laughs> you hear thunder in the background. It's like, oh, man, it's, he's serious. He's turning on the charms now. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty funny. It's like, hey, that's pretty clever. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, I'll go ahead and make this my number seven as well. It's a slutty librarian. What? <laughs> I mean, that might as well have been the start of a porno right there. It's like, I'm, a pri- mm-hmm. I'm a private dick. What do you do? I want a case. Oh, really? She pulls down the shade. Yeah. It was so... For the night. It was so random. Like, what the fuck is going he, on? He does ask her if he can hang out for a while. Yeah, she was... She was panties at the floor. Yeah, no, no. She, she was... She, yeah, so she... <laughs> She definitely was way more into that than, than was And then he tells her to take off her glasses. That was my favorite part, yeah. <laughs> you gonna do something about that? <laughs> you know you look like shit with those glasses on, don't you? Yeah, oh, there you go. Uh, <laughs> this movie, I mean, yeah, you talked about it. Like, the, the girls in this movie are... I've, I've never seen girls like this in the 40s. I didn't know they could look so good back then. Jesus. And they're just all over him, and they're everywhere. It's like... Yeah, it is. It is like I think you guys might talk more about that, but yeah, it is hilarious. Like, yep, yeah, higher yeah. on my list. Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, the slutty little book. I guess she's not a librarian. The slutty book girl, whatever. Oh my god, that was mm-hmm. cracking me up. But then I was like, okay, is she gonna come back in this movie? Nope. <laughs> that that's it. I like how he just seven. like walks out. He's like, it's clearly you're willing to bone, but eh, peace out. Like. <laughs> It was implied. It's the forties. It's the forties. It was for nineteen forty-six. It was implied. That's what I was. It was they actually did it or or implode. All right, Scott, number six. Uh, My my number six, and and I did cover a lot of this in my opening rambling, and you guys were just talking about, but yeah, but the the hot book marms. Um, So again, it's not just the so so you got. Both women that, that work the bookstores. Well, one of them turns out to be kind of a a, a bigger character, Agnes. Um, yeah. When he's in the library, the actual librarian, um, she's very attractive. Mm-hmm. Um, the cabbie is, like, yeah. is, is, is mm-hmm. also hot um, and also willing to bone. And then, uh, but yeah, just the, the waitress. Both sisters, and, yeah, oh, obviously. We'll get, we'll get into at least one of them, but... Um, their bogey got into both of them. <laughs> uh, it made more sense when they go up to the casino and they, they've got the sure the, the cigarette girls, whatever you want to call them. Um, <laughs> I'm Marlene. Yeah, I'm Charlene. Chew your gum. <laughs> yeah, just just the, the the funniest thing of they're not allowed to cast like any like not necessarily unattractive, but not just like like ready for pinup like <laughs> like shoot. Uh, Women in, in any of these roles. So, yeah. That's my number six. Mm-hmm. All right. Alex. My number six, and it's not only this movie, but back in the day, man, people talked fast, especially in movies. Like, they, they couldn't get out their lines fast enough. And that, I think, helped a lot with the confusion of this movie and, like, what the fuck was going on, um, along with the script and everything. But yeah, the fast talking sometimes like I had to rewind stuff. I should have turned on subtitles. It. Yeah, sometimes I I did have to I rewatch. Did turn on subtitles. I, I did have to rewatch a few scenes, but for the most part, I I really enjoy at least the bogey stuff anyway. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Uh, <laughs> Everybody's talking real slow now. <laughs> on to my number six is the the gunplay in this. It's pretty freaking awful, man. Just... <laughs> well, you can't have equilibrium be every movie. <laughs> I like. And when he did shoot, they they hold it. They're they're akimbo. He has his the gun at his hip and his elbow down here. Like, what are you doing? Aim that shit. There's just a couple times, and then nope. Um. When that one guy, Joe Brody, gets shot by the kid, and then he's running after him. He has no gun in his head. Why does the guy just turn around and shoot him? He doesn't do that until later, and then just... But when he finally takes out the one guy, and he has his gun by his hip when he shoots him, I'm just like, oh, God. It's bugging me. So, so we've, you know, we've been trained by, by movies and TV for, like... Especially the, the whip around when someone's got a gun on their back or whatever. Which, which is an awful move to try to pull in real life. Boys and girls listening, you know... Um, but there, there are at least a couple scenes where he has the gun and then he just puts it in his pocket and then he just like people are like standing right next to him and like I kept waiting for someone to try to tackle him or something like that and then they fight over the gun but nope it, it was it was like the conch of calling it was like oh well you're you're the one holding the gun now like I'm completely powerless like, it was, yeah it's it a weird thing <laughs> All right, Scott number five. Number five is the tension here when when it, you know kind of becomes a thriller at points is is great. Um, like when he sneaks back into the the house they go back to seventeen times in this movie. Um, <laughs> well, sets are expensive, man. Yeah, they are. Uh, but like, yeah, those first couple times, like, oh, this is this is really good stuff. Like, you feel the tension, like. There could be some. You get the sense that there could be somebody in the in the next room. Um, the when when Joe Brody goes to the door the first time and he does a good shot. I'm like okay, he goes the second time. I'm like, oh, he's definitely getting shot this time. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know. And of course, like the way they have him open the door it was like it, it reminded me of uh, Frankenstein. <laughs> he just walks in backwards. <laughs> Like, you know, they had to make it dramatic, um, but, uh, yeah, just, all, all the scenes in the cars, too, I think, are, they're like, the, the way that they're, you know, God, I, I think even the 40s people were like, yeah, that, that looks awful, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, just the, the tension, like, her slouched, um, you can see him tensing up here. Um, in, the, in those scenes, uh, where at one point he he tells her that that he actually is scared. Um, yeah, it, it's it's good stuff. Like uh, you know, for for noir, um, it should should be a little dark. And uh, on top of the, I mean, there's only like two bodies, right? In this movie, three. Wait, one, two. Ah, uh, there's. I thought there was more than that. The kid that gets poisoned, four, the initial four. body. Maybe like three or four. That we see. Um, guy gets shot. Guy gets shot at the end. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Hey, boys, don't, it's me. Don't shoot. What do you say? You <laughs> <laughs> said the sheriff is dear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then like that last scene before he, he's waiting for them to show up. Uh, you don't know how it's going to play out. That's, yeah, that's, that's that's my my number five. The movie does a great job of, of setting up some tension. Yeah. All right, Alex, number five. My number five is the hidden gun compartment. 
that was another part of the movie where it's like, hey, that's pretty clever. It's just, I mean, <laughs> there's no locking mechanism. I mean, even if you didn't know how to flip the thing <laughs> down, you could still grab the gun from out of there. It wasn't like there was a like, combination on it or anything, but it was they cool. They don't lock their doors, let alone their guns. What are you yeah, talking about? Yeah, that's true, yeah. Yeah, that's true. So it was neat. Just flips down, hey. Because the whole movie I was wondering, Chivas H, everybody's got a gun except for the detective who should have a gun. Like, oh, uh, okay, there's his car. Like they say he has like a weird deputy badge thing. Like, I don't know what actual power that gives him, but... Well, I mean, uh, if you do have to get a detective license to be a uh, private detective, and that gives you the the license to carry a firearm. Well, I mean, this is the 40s, though. Like, Mm. yeah, that's what I'm saying. Same (laughs) same things. It's like the Haiti of detectives. Maybe, yeah. Shamases. 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 Shamisens. Shami. When the guns fell out, like... When the, the thing flipped down, I was half expecting the bullets to start talking to him. <laughs> Eddie Valley! <laughs> Alright, uh, my number five, five is is bogey in this. I don't... What, what's the appeal of this guy? I don't know. It was weird. Every, all the girls are throwing themselves at him. and he's and Here's so much about this guy. He's a little dude. I did hear... <laughs> hey, I'm a little guy. No, I mean that's not what I thought. But he like he's not doesn't seem that attractive. Like he's just I don't know, his pants are up to <laughs> his nipples. <laughs> As was the style. Yeah, the time, <laughs> yeah um, that was the style. I couldn't. I could see like two or three onions on his belt. <laughs> I did hear that he became a star because of the war. All the the big strong leading men got sent off to war, and then this guy who couldn't make the army because of his <laughs> health conditions or whatever had to stay behind, and that's how we got these parts. That's something I read. I don't know if it's true or not, but yeah, I don't know. I just he's fine. Like I get. I mean, he's. I don't know. He's, he's he he does yeah. like the fast talk really well. Like it it, it sounds yes. very authentic when he's when he's doing like the, the clever one liners. Um, he, he does bring like this this kind of world weary. Uh, I don't know, look effect to to what he does, which works well with the the detective thing. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, he's also like he just looks like a dude. Like yeah. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, uh, that is that is yeah, uh, very good quality in this for his character in this movie at least. Yeah. I do, yeah, I, do I, I do like this is definitely a a, like a, a very different character from the one he was playing in uh, Casablanca. Right Slide again, Sam. Um, like I said, I mean, I, I guess he's he's fine in it. it. Just I don't know. You hear so much about him, like he is the actor of this time frame, right? It feels like it's like all right, well, whatever. He's he's a dude. Yeah. All right, uh, Scott number four. I have number four is is Martha Vickers here, uh, the, the actress playing Carmen. Um, see, I'm trying to think of a, a 40s parlance for smoke show. Smoke show the. Bees knees. She's black and white. The, the cat, cat's yeah, pajamas. She's the cat's pajamas. <laughs> um, the, the, the first thing I actually thought of was that, I think it's Lenny from The Simpsons, right? The She has legs from here to ya-ya. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, she does. But she's wearing she has the, some like, legs. Like, At least that intro scene. Yeah, like mm-hmm. the, I don't even know 
like i was shocked i'm like how how did they let her wear that in the 1940s like <laughs> mm-hmm. i guess because they were like because it was in the 1840s so oh was okay yeah. my bad um and they were shorts remember they were pants short pants they, that's true not a skirt it was not a skirt that's true yeah um but yeah she um just kind of was was mesmerizing every time she was on the screen um some of her dialogue was pretty bad but <laughs> i'm not gonna put that on her necessarily uh but yeah it's like lauren bacall is supposed to be like the the sex symbol here um and then i felt like martha vickers was the the better actor the better like um the the bigger presence uh when she was her scenes with uh martha vickers scenes with bogart um the i think were a little more like charged um for the most part um so yeah i i you know i i'd never really heard of her before <laughs> and i obviously haven't seen anything with her before or since uh or obviously since i just watched this but um mm-hmm. my, my point being that um i had no no idea that, that, that there was this actress really uh that that was because i've heard of lauren bacall um but yeah this other bacall! actress that was she's a bird yeah, they could go toe to toe with her in this movie. She's a bird. Bird. Okay. Oh, bird, bird, bird. Speaking of uh, Carmen, yeah, I I also went through this, came through the trivia, and I heard that her performance was so strong that they had to cut out most of it. Yeah, I was because I was that. Yeah. Lauren Bacall had the bigger contract, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. She was supposed to be the bigger star. Yeah. She's like, man, Hollywood is cutthroat. Um. You mentioned Bacall. Have you guys ever heard a ter- terrible song called Key Largo? The... Down in Kokomo? Oh my god. The Beach Boys? It... No, oh, I don't even know. Key Largo. So it was, it came on the Spotify playlist a couple times. And there's just there's a verse. It's like, we're like Bogey and Bacall. And I'm like, oh my God, I hated it so much. Because it reminds me of that stupid <laughs> Breakfast at Tiffany song from the 90s, which I hate so much. Oh, how yeah, how, that how does, that, how does that one go? <laughs> oh, Scott, we're not doing it. <laughs> it's Bertie Higgins, Key Largo. Go listen to it on your own time, folks. It's terrible. But the, the <laughs> part of the chorus is he talks about how they're going to fall in love like Bogey and Bacall. And I just... <laughs> they're going to break up never... each other's marriages. And... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if Bacall was married yeah. at the time, but Bogey definitely was. Yeah. I don't think so. Um, and I just... I've always... That lyric, and it just stuck in my head. I knew who Bacall was. I was like, whatever. Okay, probably just some some dame. And now I know. Filled in some, uh, an empty <laughs> void that I didn't need filled. Knowing... You can go to Jeopardy now. That was the one piece you were missing. So look up Key Largo. Scott, I dare you to put it at the end of this uh, episode. <laughs> All right. We're on to what? Alex, number four? Yes. All right. Uh, my number four, and Jeff, you touched on this, but all the women fawning over uh, Bogart in this movie. It's like, yeah, that might be the most unrealistic thing in this film. It's like, what are you, even more than the gun-holding bullshit. It's like, what are you, I mean, yeah, he's a guy, but these women normally would never give a guy looking like this, especially a private detective, the time of day. 
Yeah, get the fuck like out of my bookstore. What are you? Yeah. You can't wait here. It's not like he's Humphrey Bogart in real life. He is just yeah. this dick that <laughs> looks like Humphrey Bogart yeah, without Marlo. the fame. And it's just like, it's what like, the hell? Yeah. Yeah. It, it is, get out of here. It is hard to fathom. Like, he definitely has mm-hmm. got the confidence. He's got, sure. got the charm. Yeah. But Also... But, but, but like, that... it's like, oh, what should I call you? Well, not during the daytime, because that's when I'm working. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Just in, in the 30 seconds that he met that taxi driver. Nah. If only it was that easy. City. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'd, I'd, I'd really like to be able to ask, like, somebody that <laughs> grew up watching, like, some of these movies, what they thought of Humphrey Bogart. That guy was a piece of shit. <laughs> But yeah, now that explains it, why um, it wasn't like Clark Gable, Errol Flynn, or anything like that in, in some of these movies. It's like, oh, okay. It was wartime, and he was there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I think like Clark Gable is pretty weird looking. Like... No, but he's more of what I think of as old-timey Hollywood handsome. Mm-hmm. Like him and Errol Flynn. But Errol Flynn, yeah. Like, sure. okay. but, like... Yeah, Clark Gable's weird looking, but he's still like, handsome. I guess compared to Bogey. Yeah, but Bogart's like, yeah, I mean, he's not a complete troglodyte, but he's he's a guy. <laughs> not a troglodyte. Yeah, he's he's not no Clint ugnot. Howard. Yeah. <laughs> he's, not, he's not Clint Howard. He's not an Ugnot, but he's a guy. Um, what's that move? Uh, is yeah, he the he one in... African Queen, right? So he he fits better in that movie. You guys ever seen African uh, Queen? Uh, I have not. Maybe, but yeah, I know what you're talking about. Is that Isn't the that Steve... the? Did they remake that with Dwayne the Rock Johnson? They did. <laughs> no, okay. Sure. Similar. Uh, yeah, just the boat going down the. Uh, I don't know stream. I forgot exactly where they are with Catherine Hepburn, but yeah, he just kind of a. Schlub on a boat, and he's all greasy and everything. He, he's better in that role, but whatever. Okay. It's also older. I mean, I think this movie, that movie came out well, only five years after this. But yeah, even in Casablanca, I didn't think like I didn't even think of this. It's only when they when these women start throwing themselves at him. It's like <laughs> nah, 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 dog. <laughs> There's no way. Yeah, you're right. The line about "Don't call me then. I'm not still. I'm still working or whatever." Like that. Was just, Jesus, Jesus, must have been in his fucking contract. Yeah. All right. Uh, Run to my number four. Yes. Yeah, and this is the. Well, no one's. I don't know if there was. I don't remember if there was a slap in this. Not so much slapping women. A lot of women arm grabbing and manhandling in this movie. Yeah. Um, he, he slaps her. So he slaps oh, Carmen yeah, a couple it's, times. It's, to get her awake, but yeah. I, he wasn't holding back. Those weren't no, movie no. slaps. The, there was the whole song she sings about domestic abuse at the casino. Oh, Jeebus. She's <laughs> like, wow, that's a beautiful song. Just don't pay attention to the, the lyrics. lyrics. Yeah, yeah. And that's actually her singing, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, she can learn to sing. Yeah, yeah. Some pipes. But yeah, um, singing a song about how some woman got beat by her boyfriend. Like, <laughs> this jaunty little song about yeah it's 1946 different times yeah, yeah. anyway with lo- lots of arm grabbing and women shaking and I, actually the slapping he was trying to wake her up probably had to hit her that hard she hit it pretty hard there right <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh 
Yeah. That's number four. Scott, number three. Uh, my number three is the way the, the story is told here. Um, I, I really liked how it's all from uh, Bogey's perspective, from uh, from Philip Marlowe's perspective. Well, he said his name once in the... <laughs> his right, name once. Call me Bogey. Mar- Marlowe's Marlo. point, of, point of view. Um, so we do never like quite let in on what other people are thinking or, or definitely doing when they're when they're not there or when he's not yeah. there um the <clears throat> excuse me the 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 way that um i i did like so we'll get more into how complicated this is but i did like how he never really stops to explain like for the most part um, like how he's figured out whatever it is that he's figured out, he just moves on to the next thing. Um, the script told him to. The script told him to, but he's like, <laughs> it's like no, it was this is how it was instead of like, well, here's why. But you you, you don't really get the why, but we'll get into that. Uh, but yeah, I did I did yeah, like yeah. that. That's the way that it moves. Like that there wasn't really a whole lot of exposition because again, it's, it's just from his point of view, him figuring out figuring out stuff uh, as he's going along. Um, and then I like that. It's it's still pretty rare now when only one you only get one character's POV. Um, so it, it is interesting uh, for this, and it definitely works well with a detective story. So yeah, that is my number three. All right, Alex. I like that the mystery keeps growing in this movie. I thought that was a really cool aspect of the film, where okay. You got these daughters, they're wild, but he's being a, the old rich guy is getting extorted and he's getting blackmailed. So go stop this blackmailer. All right. He goes over there. Well, shit, blackmailer's dead. <laughs> it's like, okay, now I got this to figure out. Then after that, there's a whole slew of other cast of characters and this other guy that his wife is supposed to be running off with. We fished the bottle of the river. It's like, holy shit, how's all this connected? And even though it doesn't fully like i didn't fully understand how every piece connected by the end of the film it was still very entertaining to watch so the journey was more fun than you know the actual revelation and climax yeah there, there was, it was the, the martian that did it yeah there, there was a there's a few great lines in this movie but uh one of my favorites was when uh, vivian lauren bacall asks him why did you have to go on and, and he, he responds too many people told me to stop like, I thought that was, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was like good. some fantastic shorthand for like who he was as a as a person and uh, just a, just a cool thing to say and uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> just like it's very reminiscent of like it wasn't easy. It's like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like well you know I'm just gonna keep going you know just, yeah. uh, gotta figure out this mystery. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Yes. Uh, my number three kind of goes on with what we're talking about. I have no idea what was going on in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, it starts out simple enough, and then it does, and then with me as always, you start throwing a lot of names, and I lose track of who the names are, and then I just get lost. Like there's Sternwells and Joe Rody and Sternwells. Joe Rogan shows up. Joe Rogan shows up. <laughs> Marlon Wayans, and then, uh, mm-hmm. uh, who was the other the the big big Eddie? No, big cheat. No, uh, Mars. The guy, yeah, Mars and 
it just it I had a hard time following what was going on. Like, yeah, it was it was very convoluted. Um, yeah, let's let's get into it. That's that's my number two also. Um, so one one of the pieces of trivia I was going to say that there's a lot of like probably someone's probably apocryphal, but uh, like there's a few bits of trivia about how the directors, the writers, the actors didn't understand some of the script. Um, so namely like who killed the limo driver, which never gets resolved by the way. <laughs> in the movie. Oh yeah. They never, they never like resolve who did it. Like at one point Bogey says somebody didn't do it, but he lies to people in the movie. So you don't even know if he's telling the truth when he says that. Yeah. Um, Wait, what limo driver, the chauffeur, so the guy that they, they, they fish off at the pier. Yeah, it was a limo? Well, not limo. Whatever. It was a Packard. Yeah, well, sorry. Yeah, it was a Packard. The chauffeur. But I think he was the driver. Yeah, he was the chauffeur. Yeah, the chauffeur. Yeah, okay. I'll there, sorry. All right. It wasn't a limo. Sorry, but same difference. Um, mm-hmm. Like, they never explained who killed that guy or really even why. <laughs> so, I they they called up. So, this is based on a Raymond Chandler novel who's famous for, for writing these kind of, like, detective stories. And they, mm-hmm. they like... Or sure Could he be any more of a writer? Yeah, they they got in touch with this guy, and you know one one of the stories goes that he tells him like, "Hey, it's in the book. Leave me alone." Basically, and then he went through the book. <laughs> he, awesome. and then and then he went through the book, and he was like, "Fuck! Like, I don't even know. Like, they're right. <laughs> like, <laughs> and like, he, he, like eventually he gets he gets like he got back to him or something. And like, yeah, I don't know. Like, <laughs> so I thought that was pretty funny." Um, and then just a little bit of unrelated uh, side trivia, just because we're, we're talking about the writers. Do you, did you guys recognize the name of uh, uh, Lee Brackett? Lay Brackett? No. She's got a no. She's one of the people with the screenwriting credit for uh, The Empire Strikes Back. Oh, awesome! Oh, okay. Um, according to trivia, she wrote the first screenplay for it. And they didn't actually wind up using a whole lot of her, um, her ideas, um, but you know I guess the framework had to be there, right? Um, so yeah, she's like had a nickname like the Queen of Space Opera or something like that. Um, so she wrote up like a lot of uh, sci-fi and, and westerns, and so she had an interesting career. But um, yeah. anyway, I'm back hey, to the. She's got she's got a credit in 2022. For Lego Star Wars, yep. the Skywalker Saga. Yep, still some cash in on that Star Wars. Yeah. Saga. Um, so anyway, so yes, yeah, so they 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 basically are, are making up the movie as they go along, like right. So they have part of the script. Howard Hawks apparently is doing constant rewrites. So they get to the point where they're like, okay, we have a uh, an ending here. Let's just roll with it. But like they they finished knowing that it was open ended, like that there wasn't really closure on a lot of the mystery um which is good and bad <laughs> it sets like a really mm-hmm. shitty precedent for, for other movies um because it was very successful yes eventually um but yeah it doesn't like just a lot of open and we don't even know who killed the the sean character that we never see um it's implied that it was carmen but again, could have just been Bogey lying. Um, you know, mm-hmm. Eddie Mars says he didn't do it, but he's clearly had people killed before, so why couldn't he have? Um, like, 
you know, and then you know the Milo character is interesting because it's not that he's an unreliable narrator because we never get his inner monologue, but he's constantly lying to people too. So like we we never really know, like other than like the one guy shooting the other guy, and and Milo kind of being cold blooded about killing a couple people. Um, well, he poisoned that kid. Yeah. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Um, you know, we don't, you know, we, we do see a couple of the, the deaths happen on screen, that is true. But, uh, yeah, just a lot of the actual mystery, like how all the, piece of, the puzzle pieces fall into place, we never really get confirmation on. And it's kind of maddening. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, like, and like you said, Jeff, I think there's one or two characters too many. Like, the guy that does get poisoned, like... All of, it, all of a sudden, that guy's there, and just like this whole side story about how him and Agnes are Agnes. thing, and like yeah. it was just like, like okay, I guess that's that's a, where we're going with this. Um, mm-hmm. That that felt unnecessary. Uh, but uh, yes, <laughs> agreed. It's all it's convoluted. <clears throat> I just remember one thing. I got so confused. Who was the guy? So they go back to that house for the twelfth time, or whatever. And yeah. the dude was in bed. Who the fuck was that dude? So that was the guy that that got killed initially. And the, yeah. the Geiger guy? Yeah. Yeah. They never explained, like, as far as I know, the cops... Like, I guess it's just implied that when the other guy got turned over to the police, um, that they finally pulled that body out of the house. Because the body just would have been sitting there. Like, <laughs> yeah. They never explained, like, if the cops come through or not. Like, it just kind of implied that they did, I guess. Uh, but yeah, that, there's no yeah, there's no police tape. Yeah, they, they they never explain like why that guy gets put back in that bed though. You're right, Jeff. Right, like, that doesn't like, make any sense. Like, like he clearly got like he died of gunshot wounds, right? Or was it poison? <laughs> yes, he was bleeding. Well, I guess he could have puked blood. I suppose that's possible. But eh, I suppose, but uh, he got shot. I think I don't remember. Do, do, do you hear it. gunshots? I don't remember. She screams. And by the way, I look at the, the scream is like right into the goddamn microphone. Like not, <laughs> it's not like, like from any like meaningful distance. From right. Well, you got to scare people in the seats. Yeah, I guess so. Got to get their money's worth. Um, yeah. Again. Yeah, I think the, he got shot. in the bed. Yeah. He got shot. Maybe that. Oh, he, was, he was tired. It was, it was a big so, sleep. So, yes. Yeah. You had a bogey going. And he's like, ah, second the big sleep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what was that line? Yeah. All right, so where are we at? Uh, <laughs> Alex, number two, right? Yeah, so that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, my number two is Lauren Bacall. Uh, Bacall. I didn't think she was <laughs> burnt. <laughs> she was great in this movie. Like, I thought she was good and everything, and, and she's I could see why she was a major Hollywood sex symbol. And then she started singing. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this lady's got it all. And she's a heavy smoker, probably. <laughs> I don't know. It's 1946. The movie, and uh, the movie, the credits end with like a couple of cigarettes, like <laughs> the the sexiest thing you can do in the forties is smoking cigarettes. Yeah, well, it's like a tiny phallus. Hold me close now, tiny phallus. <laughs> like yeah, Lauren McCall is great. Phallus. There's when he goes to the the speakeasy or whatever the gambling place. There's there's just smoke everywhere. You, yeah, you actually Vegas. smell like yeah, the cigarette smoke as, as you're watching this movie. Yeah. God. Mm-hmm. Smell-o-vision. 
I'm just looking at this. Martha Vickers was also, it was in another movie with uh, Jane Mansfield, so we probably have to watch that one. That <laughs> Jane Mansfield sure has some big breasts. <laughs> and well, it looks to be Bill Murray, but I'm pretty sure it's not Bill Murray. Um, and a weird. Oh, we gotta watch this. See, every time I put IMDb, it just shows these random trailers. No, this is pretty good. Um, <laughs> my number two is there. The kick to the face. I don't know if you remember. It was a spot when he yes. brings somebody oh, yeah, back. To, yeah, and he kicks a guy in the face, and he he missed him more than I don't know than the oh, Godfather yeah. fight. Oh God! And then the punch. I guess it was the kick to the face. Him getting roughed up a lot. When the, one of the two tough guys he puts the hat in front of his face and punches him. I laughed at that. Hey, look at my hat. <laughs> see, bam. Does <laughs> the inside of my hat smell like chloroform? No. Man. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. All the, the little the bogey getting beat up, I guess. And then the, the kick to the face was kind of the crumb to the crumb. All right. Scott, number one. Uh, number one here is, is bogey. Um, I pretty much talked about all the reasons why I, I like him here. As the, the hard-boiled detective, the world-weary thing, um, the fast-talking. the when When he is, like nervous and supposed to be nervous it, it definitely comes off like uh I, I appreciate again the the difference here between uh this and casablanca um yeah i i again really i don't see like why women are throwing themselves at him but uh <laughs> but yeah some of the dialogue I, I i just absolutely loved um you know that the, there was that line about you know why did you have to go on? People told me to stop. Um, at, the, at the very beginning, when Carmen says, "You're not very tall, are you?" and he says, uh, "Well, I tried to be." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that was a good one. He has a line about uh, in reference to Carmen, about how she tried to sit on my lap while I was standing up. Um, you know, just <laughs> just a constant stream of of, of one-liners um, that that he really sells. Um, you know, it's it sometimes it gets simple. Like again, a lot of stuffs from the beginning of the movie where um, the generals. I don't know why the guy had to be a general, by the way. Like, <laughs> it seemed a little too grandiose. I think like a colonel or something like that. But uh, mm-hmm. um, he's explaining the situation, and uh, Philip Marlowe goes, "Hmm," and the general's like, "What does that mean?" He says, "It means hmm." <laughs> it just uh, you know, a line for everybody. Um, I, I could yeah. go on. It's, uh, um, he likes his brandy in a glass. Yeah. So do I. Yeah. Uh, so all kinds of good stuff. So yeah, well, I, I really did like Bogey here. All right, Alex, number one. Also Humphrey Borgart in this movie. Borgart. Borgart. Um, yeah, I thought he was very charismatic. He did a very good job portraying Marlowe. I really liked. When he switched personalities to try and fool the uh, the Agnes in the other bookstore to see if anything was up, and he asked for the uh, the editions, the rare editions of the books that didn't exist. That was great. That might have been my favorite scene. Just pushed up his hat, put on his glasses, and he's got a lecture. And then the second he steps out the door, he puts his hat back down because she's definitely not looking at the window. <laughs> well, she's a woman; she wouldn't notice it. Uh, that's true. 
All right, uh, and my number one we already talked about a lot, but it was all of the the stockpile of hot dames in this movie. <laughs> there are a lot of dames in this movie. <laughs> yeah. um, it starts out with uh, the sister. We talked about her already and her legs. And then just yeah, yeah. goes on. like Everywhere you went, the forever, every girl you met in this movie was like, Jesus. Um, mm-hmm. If only he was in color, I guess. I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> they're, they're real smoke shows. <laughs> Especially um, the cigarette girls. So we talked about that enough for to continue. However, I just as I'm on IMDb here, first of all, like all the headshots of the men in this movie, maybe eighty percent of them have some form of hat on. This is how it was back then. So you have fedoras, top hats. You did you walked around with a hat on? Cowboy hats, top hats. I don't know. It just cracks me up. Stand the time. Yeah. And then that song I mentioned. Key Largo, apparently there's a movie with called Key Largo yes. starring yes, both of them. Is. So that's what the, that came from. Um, that's it. Any honorable mentions? Uh, yeah. Remember a while ago when, Scott, you were talking about how some phrases that are common now, but you didn't realize that they were like coined like way back, like when... Uh, What's his face in uh, Animal House said, "Fuck this noise!" And it's like, yeah, I've been saying that uh, since Blue, Blue, the '90s. Blues Brothers, but yeah, yeah, Blues Brothers. My bad. Uh, in this one, it caught me when it said when uh, Marlo was saying, "Today it seems to think a gat in the hand means the world by the tail." And it's like, gat. <laughs> I only yeah, started, yeah. you know, I only heard gat when you know I started Gangster. listening to NWA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's like, oh shit, okay. So, so, okay. <laughs> I mean. I always felt like that's a term from all these old, old gangster movies. Really? Like, I, I've never heard it outside of, you know, recent times. In my lifetime, at least. <laughs> there was that guy, uh, when he goes into... I don't even know what happened there. He's driving his car next to him. He backed it into a ditch. And he's... I had a fucking blocked out there. What the hell is happening there? Anyway, he goes in. And the, the guy was literally leaning on a thing, flipping something in his hands. Like, out of a... Like the dolphin in uh, <laughs> Simpsons. Oh. <laughs> the coin flip? Yeah. Yeah. What was that all about? Oh, this movie. That boogie and Bacall. Oh, God. <laughs> all right, is that it? Uh, just a couple small bits of trivia. The, well, one trivia, one, one observation. The stickers on the cars, did you guys notice those? They, like Most of them said, like, B. I no. missed those. Yeah, so... It, all the, all the cars in the movie they they have these stickers in the the front on the windshield, um, and most of them have B, and that was to designate the the gasoline ration uh, that was going on during World War Two. Uh-huh. So it's like if it was a B, it was like you were allowed eight gallons or whatever. Like uh-huh. like and there were other ones like if you had like an X, then it was like unlimited or whatever. So I thought that was interesting. Um, the, the other bit that we haven't really talked about was like we. The, we talked a little about the house, but uh, yeah, the sets in this movie are not good. <laughs> no, the I think the one like the main parlor in the the one house is is cool, and that's about it. Like <laughs> like where else they go? It just kind of it's a place. Like when he's walking down the street, I'm like oh yeah, that really looks like nothing. Like it looks like nothing. Like, <laughs> I guess it could be Hollywood. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah, that's just well, a thing about being an old movie, though. You couldn't really show the So, that, 
the whole L.A. noir thing, like they're they're in L.A. They mention it a couple times, and they mention things like Beverly and stuff, but yeah. then they don't go too deep into it. And then this real Rialto, yeah, I don't know what the hell that the, was. Like they thought they, they mentioned Rialto, but it wasn't Rialto. Rialto. Back then, it was just like them going out to Ventura or something like that. I don't know, like not far. Like it was probably just desert back then. Who knows? So. Rosita. All right. Rosita. That boy from Rosita. <laughs> boy from Rosita. All right. Let's rate it. As usual, we rate on a scale of one to seven. One being garbage. Seven being perfection. Scott, what do you give it? Give it a five. I, I liked it. I I liked the mystery here, even if it wasn't fully explained. I like Bogey. Um, I, I really like a lot of the actors in this. And it's just interesting to, to watch something like this. So five. Yeah. Okay. Alex. I'm going to give it a four for pretty much the same reasons. It was it didn't have enough uh, of a conclusion. Oh, yeah, that's the other thing that these movies have in common. They just kind of end abruptly. <laughs> oh, I <laughs> so love it. Everything's right, right. The end. No credits. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, four well, for me. All right. I'll give it a five. It's a low five, but I'll go to five. I liked it. Um, it has some issues, but I definitely enjoyed it more than I thought I would. So a five. Yeah, I think I like Casablanca better than this. I forgot what I scored it, but I'm pretty I, sure I, mean, I like it better. I, I do Casablanca too. is a better movie, I think. Yeah. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Alright, and with that, it's time for a crossover topic, which is what, Scott? Uh, Our top five hidden guns, as per the the guns in the sub-glove box whatever anyway um you're right on the heels of once upon a time in mexico um my number five is once upon a time in mexico <laughs> the uh johnny depp um how he's got the fake arm um so the gun itself isn't super hidden but because he's got the fake arm he's able to hold the other one underneath like the table and whatever else he's got going on uh, yeah, yeah. We talked about that before. That was clever. So that's what number five is Johnny Depp's, like under the table gun. I guess. In the, in that's a good one. Okay. Yeah, right. Alex. I tried to keep these like guns hidden in compartments, kind of like his. Not just you know, uh, it was a tough list, by the way, <laughs> to, to to try and find clever gun compartment stuff. But my first one's not so clever because <laughs> it was from The Simpsons. And Marge told Homer to get rid of that gun. <laughs> and uh, when Bart was trying to get a better foothold to get the fudgicles from the freezer, he opens up the vegetable crisper, and lo and behold, there was Homer's revolver. And, I mean, Homer has a good point. What are the odds the boys going to look in the vegetable crisper? <laughs> it's true. Are you some kind of idiot? All right. Um... <laughs> My number five, so I took this a different way. Um, just any kind of hidden weapon or gun. I, I try to keep it to guns, okay. but in one, there is a weapon. Um, 
But my number five, Diesel keeping the comedy realm here, would be the Fembots uh, with the guns in there. Oh, and the Jemblies. Yeah. So, Women of such since... high caliber. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> since we've just done that recently, it was on my mind. So Fembots is my number five. Scott. I'm number four, uh, going back to the, the world of Robert Rodriguez. Uh, it's the guitar case rocket launcher from Desperado uh, that one of the other banditos <laughs> that's associated with Antonio Banderas uh, pulls out. And he does this cool like Spider-Man pose when he shoots the rocket too. Uh, it's like one of the first things I thought of. It's cool. It's my number four. Mm-hmm. All right. Nice. Alex, number four. My number four is from The Fifth Element, when the guy with the nice hat shows up to Corbin Dallas's apartment, and then Corbin had Dallas takes his gun, and then lo and behold, lower, <laughs> he lowers like this big hidden compartment of just a, a basket just full of guns, and just puts another one in there to add to his collection, and it goes right back up. Give me the cash. Give me the cash. It's a nice hat. <laughs> you like it? <laughs> That's such a weird... We should do that movie again. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, my number four. This is the only one that's a non-gun, but it, it's the the compartment's cool. And it'd be hiding your weapon inside of R two D 2s head so he can shoot it to you or in Java cell barge. Oh, okay. It, Dang, that's good. At any point, did he hide a blaster? No blasters. No blasters. Um, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't know. He came in with no weapon, and then he tried to pull the blaster off of the guard's waist uh, earlier in the Jabba scene. Yeah. Well, he got the gun. But he couldn't get to it, because yeah. he got jumped. The other moblin got him by the hand before he could shoot Jabba. But yeah, I'm trying to think of any blaster hiding. I don't think so. All right. Han Solo hides <laughs> it under the table. <laughs> yeah. McClunky. Yeah, and he shoots first. Number three. Number three is, is more of a, like, kind of like with R2. It's more of a compartment than to, like, have the intent of hiding a gun. But once it's in there, you can't tell it's there anymore. And that's Robocop. And that's, ah, that's, that's my oh, number one. He's son of a cool. bitch. Well, I'll save, save the rest for you, for you Alex. Yeah, that's the ultimate hit. That was again. literally the, well, not the first, the second thing after the rocket case, but <laughs> that I thought of. Uh, so that's my number three is the Adam 9, yeah, yeah. The lake apartment. All right. Alex? My number three is True Lies. You guys remember this hidden gun? Hidden gun of True Lies. It's when the rookie from the team is posing as a reporter, and he's just, he's got the camera and everything, and he just creeps up, and he doesn't have tape in there. He's got a gun. He takes out the bad guys. Yeah. I thought that was neat. All right. <laughs> My number three is be the Penguin's Umbrella from the 66 Batman <laughs> okay. specifically. That's pretty good. So. <laughs> Scott, number two. You're a bum, Batman. <laughs> You're a bum. <laughs> My number two is uh, from Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Uh Gay Perry, <laughs> yeah, he's got the Derringer um, in his, basically in his 
jock strap underwear yeah basically by his crotch um, because yep. he knows that dudes are too homophobic to actually check there um and uh yeah uh without spoiling too much uh the, the hidden crotch gun because it's been made Val Kilmer all right Alex number two uh, my number two, we've talked about iterations and the, the other movies in this franchise, but El Mariachi, the original, where the guitar case that he finds is there's a facade of a real guitar on top, but it flips open eventually to reveal a whole cavalcade of armaments. A cornucopia? Yes. <laughs> Would you say I have a plethora of guns? See, have a, see, Mariachi, you have a plethora. <laughs> Could it be? <laughs> <laughs> Good old. I love El Hippie. Alright. Uh my number two is uh from the Godfather, the gun behind the toilet tank. Oh yeah. Um Nice. Yeah. Just be sure Salazzo and the sheriff. Just be sure when my brother comes out of that bathroom he's got more than just his dick in his hand. <laughs> Bada bing. Right, I'll be right in the suit. Anyway, Godfather, toilet gun. All right, number one, Scott. Number one is Die Hard. Uh, yeah, McLean okay. duct tapes the, the gun to his back. Uh, Hans. Uh, yep, Shoppers. Yep, not much more to say there. We, we all know it. We love it. Mm-hmm. Kaye, <sighs> all that Die Hard. Motherfucker. <laughs> Motherfucker. Hans. <laughs> <laughs> <Namesake>. All right. <laughs> Alex, number one. Robocop. Murphy himself. Yeah, it's in, a comp- and it's, it's in his leg, for fuck's sake. Can't, you can't even tell he's holding a gun until it pops out. Awesome. <laughs> the best. Well, I don't know oh. if, it's as, if it's as good as... Sex Machines gun from, from Dust Till Dawn. Yeah, there it is. I almost put it on the list. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> I think Tom Savini's yeah. Sex Machines gun. The titty twister. Gun like, like, gun like that shows that up number in one, one of the, the, the machetes, right? Somebody's got a crotch gun. Anyway. I think I've so. never seen like the Sophie machete. Sophia Vergara or something like that's got a crotch gun. I forget I should watch those because, oh yeah, well, uh, I was on IMDb looking up uh, Danny Trejo's work. He's got an upcoming one called Machete in Space. Are they actually making that? Yeah. Uh, awesome. Robert Rodriguez directing, so yeah, I can't fucking wait. Machete. In space, cabron. <laughs> Any honorable mentions? Just any movie, any spy movie where it's like, oh, you know, come into my kitchen and they flip around a bunch of fucking yeah, guns yeah. in the cupboards oh. and the, the gas range flips over to turn into a bunch of guns. You know, all that stuff. All the, the Bond movies. He must, when, when we did, uh, you only have twice he had the, the cigarette gun that fired like a little rocket. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the That's projectile. Right. Yeah, yeah. Exploded projectile. Oh, taxi driver. He's got that little mechanism mm-hmm. up his sleeve. That's what I kept thinking of, but it wasn't Taxi Driver. There was other movies where the, Sil- a bunch of Silverado movies actually Jeff, up the sleeves. In Silverado, Jeff Goldblum had one of those, yeah. Was it Hudson Hawk where that butler guy had so two huge swords that came out from his sleeves? I've never seen Hudson Hawk. He, I forget. 
Is it that one? Yeah, no, he had like yeah, he had like trigger blades. They were like huge swords, but they were like like okay. Really I remember. Like, I guess yeah, I should watch Hudson Hawk again. We should put on a... I remember them being swords. Ooh, 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 it's like, how do you get those in his sleeve? Ooh, if we're gonna watch it, we should do it for the podcast. Well, yeah, isn't it on your list? It should be. I know Jeff wants to watch uh. it. <laughs> <laughs> I had one well, honorable was... mention, but it was more from In the Line of Fire, him making the gun that would yeah, get through security. That, yeah. And all Doesn't that, quite but... count. I wouldn't. Yeah. I don't think I would have allowed it since. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm glad I didn't add it to my list. Then. Yeah. It's like, eh, because he takes it apart and then he puts it together. It's hidden, but yeah. Yeah. The gray area. All right. Well, it's time for Alex Knows Sports. I'm Alex, and I like sports. Sports ball? So I know in sports, it's common for players to hear boos, right? Mm-hmm. Like a lot of boos. Um, and even even it it's even common for, I would say, for players to hear boos from their own fans, right? Yep. Yes. But I think the French are taking it to Messi a little bit too much. Because <laughs> uh, I guess he's not performing as well as... He had in the uh, he had in the World Cup and a, a bit before. He's playing for what Paris Saint Germain, and I guess they hate him because he's just <laughs> not playing good. So the fans are just being booing him ruthlessly. I mean, I don't, I don't know how but, I mean, bad he's playing, but like, I can see how soccer fans, if someone is in god tier, they're like, "Oh, this guy's awful. Get rid of him." Well, I mean, he. Did go from a goal every 138 minutes and assist every 118 minutes down to a goal every 210 minutes and an assist every 420 minutes. So, those are numbers. <laughs> those definitely are numbers. Can I argue? Yep. <laughs> yeah, I have, I have no idea. What but yeah, I mean, do, do fans, it's, even at a baseball game, do fans boo their own players just because they're not it playing that well? where you go. Like... Depends not like they got traded or they betrayed the no, team or something like, like that. Well, well, I mean, they're on a different team then, so that, that makes sense. But Right. But if, like... Circumstances. It's all circumstances. circumstances. If the guy got a big contract and he, you know, he signed for a lot of money and they don't think he's living up to it and... I see. Okay, then I guess right. this might be... Like if, that you, happens, if you're somewhat like one of okay. the East Coast teams, I can see it happening because those people are, yeah. are animals. <laughs> Yeah, not like, not here in the West Coast. Yeah, if you're like, in, well, you know, it's uh, more France. east than the East Coast. <laughs> France, yeah, France. <laughs> yes, the, the, the deep land east. of the rising yes. sun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it happens pretty regularly in like places like Boston and New York and Philadelphia. Um, Never in California where people treat each other right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can't wait for my first Angel game. I'm gonna boo the hell out of Moreno. Fuck that guy. <laughs> it's gonna be yell. <laughs> You're going to pick uh, uh, one of the luxury boxes and just guess which one he's in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just blew up there. <laughs> just face in that direction. Um, I, you, see, you see a little bit of basketball, uh, like the Lakers. Um, people start sticking. I think Russell Westbrook was getting booed before he got <laughs> traded away. Ooh, um, okay. So, but he was playing terribly, so there you go. Oh, okay. I don't know. That just seems mean. It, I, you know, we're... We talked about this before when we, we did the wrestler. Like they're all people, you know. It has to feel bad, but then, mm-hmm. you know, they get to go home to their, to their millions Darryl. and millions of dollars. And I'm guessing that takes a little bit of the sting out of it. 
<laughs> a little bit for for most of these guys. Like I'm sure some of them are making like relatively great money compared to other players, anyways. Um, where that yeah. so, like, Messi's not hurting for money. Yeah, no, Messi. Yeah, Messi. Yeah, <laughs> Messi's uh, is going to live a pretty comfortable life when he's done with soccer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's going to go to Salt Bay's restaurant and then keel over. <laughs> he's got a heart attack right there. It's like. They peel the, the meat off a of bird. It's time for Nim News. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was yeah. All right. So, did you guys see episode five of season three of Mando? Yes, I just the, watched it tonight. The pirate is the name of the. Oh, episode. that one. The last week's episode. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, yes, yes, I did watch. I've it. seen both of them, so yes. Okay, uh, yeah. well, when we talk about the pirate thing, we'll save that for last. Um, so, outside of that, the only thing I want to talk about was uh, some video game news. I don't remember if we talked about this last week, but uh, did we talk about E3? Do you remember, Alex? Uh, I don't remember, but it's canceled. Yes, so that's that's what I was going to say. Is that E3 <laughs> is officially canceled this year? Um, just not enough of the the exhibitors the the publishers show yeah. up to, to kind of make it worth it um for for them to fill out the la convention center uh so i i don't know what this means for the future maybe this is like the final death throes of that show uh, yeah. maybe even before maybe. the pandemic a lot of the big publishers had already kind of pulled out um i think i think before like nintendo was the only one of the big three as it were um, that, that's still had a presence on the show floor, whereas Sony and Microsoft were, were kind of doing satellite things that same week. Um, yeah. You know, but Nintendo, you know, feels like they're out permanently, but who knows? But without those three and a lot of the other big publishers, like, I mean, Activision is Microsoft now, so they're not going to be doing that. Um, you know, EA, I don't think has done it recently. It was like, down to people like Square Enix and, and, and Sega and um, I, Namco Bandai, I think, was there. But yeah, anyway, maybe, yeah. um, like just a lot of the big publishers just aren't there anymore either. Uh, so, yeah, it's, 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 it feels like the end of a, an era, as it were. <laughs> um, well, you do Once Upon a Time was, a, was a, like a wild thing to, to get to go do. Yeah, I know. Bananas. Yeah. But there was a time where they did, like, small shows that was on industry, like, only. Like, it wasn't open to the public or even to the press. Well, maybe some press, but it was super small for a few years, I remember. Well, there's still... And then still, they came um, back to being big, and now this. There's still the thing in, in the San Francisco over here. Um, uh, GDC? GDC, thank you, Alex. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, 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 that's more for, yeah, developers than, than that. But, uh... Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so. Maybe they'll try scaling it back again. I. I yeah. I, I do kind of hope though that they they keep it to that like that point in the year. I, I. I am hoping that you know around the beginning of June, there will be that glut of of new video game announcements. There's no really no reason to hold to that other than just kind of like well that's what we did before kind of thing. Um, yeah. You know, it, in a way, it feels like the the video game awards has kind of become that venue. Everybody saves their big announcements, whatever, for the end of the year. Um, which is actually mm-hmm. kind of not the best time to do it, because 
Because you because if you want to drive your your holiday sales, you want that news out before Christmas. Uh, yeah. But uh, it, anyway, I, I, no, you build hype for next Christmas. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A year from then, during this Christmas, yeah, and everybody's like forgotten except for the diehard people. Um, mm-hmm. Anyways, yeah, E three canceled. Like John McClane. It's 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 official. Uh, so yeah, that's all I wanted to to talk about. Uh, Alex, mm-hmm. anything you want to go over? Uh, yeah, real quick movie review. Recently, my family and I watched uh, We Got a Ghost, or We Have a Ghost. And on Netflix, initially I thought it was going to be like a ghost dead type of, you know, stupid movie and everything. But it turned out to be surprisingly very good. It falls into the genre of kid befriends magical being and they have to protect it. You know, kind of like E.T. or... <laughs> I mean, Mac and Me to a lesser degree, or uh, Echo, or you know those type of movies. And uh, Anthony Mackie actually starring in this film, and he does a great job. It's like there's some there's some real heartfelt moments. There's some real danger. Like you can feel the tension and the danger in the movie. Because if movies like this don't have like a like a edge to them, then yeah, they're. I mentioned Mac and Me <laughs> a little bit ago. If movies don't have an edge to them like this, then, you know, they're going to just fall through the wayside. But we have a ghost. It's very good. It's uh, David Harbour as the ghost. So I recommend. It's a good family watch. Cool. Um, anything else? Nope, that's it. Right. Still playing The Witcher 3. But, still great. Yeah, I'm still... still I, I did beat uh, Resident Evil 4 Remake. And now I'm doing, like, all the... Like the harder stuff, like the unlocks and stuff. And I don't know all the blue coins. I don't know why I'm doing it. The blue I don't know what I'm doing this to myself because it's just straight stressful. Um, <laughs> you want that Chicago typewriter? Yeah, I, I do. I do. Really do. Uh, Jeff, anything you want to go over? Uh, just a couple things. Uh, Star Wars Celebration is happening this weekend. It's over in it's over oh, in shit. Europe this time. Yeah. It's in London. Uh, when do you fly out? I am not, but but we know somebody <laughs> who is going to be there. Jared. Oh wow! Yeah. Jared's oh, cool. there with a friend, and uh, yeah, they're going for the whole. They've been there this week, I think, and they're ending with this, something like that. So that'll be cool. But um, I mean, there's not not really anything else to do over there. Exactly. Yeah, I'm not there for the whole week. <laughs> uh, but that's the reason they're going. Um, but yeah, it's over. It's in London for three days, so I think it's a day shorter than it is when it's over here. Um, I don't really know what no, they're promoting because I don't think there are any new movies. All I hear is they just keep canceling movies, uh, but the shows, I guess, and um, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's probably that still like, plenty of new animated model stuff from the works, right? There has to be because I don't think they really, yeah, well, they hold it up to that same standard, do they? Not for movies, but for shows, they still have. Like, yeah, the Bad Batch just came out on streaming, and what what, what, I, what I mean is. Maybe they pump pump the brakes on the live action stuff, but did they do it for the animation? Well, I'm saying for for streaming, they're not pumping the brakes on anything. There's there's animation and live action stuff. It's for the movies, and I don't think they've ever made an animated movie, have they? No, no, no. I just meant like I, I thought they were. Droids. I thought they were that that Iger was like we're cutting back on everything. Oh, I don't know. Especially people. <laughs> Especially people. Um, yeah. So anyway, that's. What's going on? I always tune in and watch the live stream. It's fun to see some, see all the fans show up and go crazy. And oh, here's Anthony Daniels. Yeah. Go crazy. He's going to tell the same story he has the past Ooh. fucking forty five years. 
No one can gain same because everybody else is dead. <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah. then uh, the the new games coming out from Star Wars, the right. Fallen Order oh, yeah. Survivor, or I don't know what's like that. So, so I'll probably get it. Kyle Kestis. The first one was fun. You can, yeah, you can play like it on it. your Xbox, Jeff. I can, but I'll play. I got the last one on my PC, so I'll play it on PC. <laughs> I may wait. I meant, I meant your Xbox Series. Yeah, I know what you meant. <laughs> I chose to ignore it. Um, that's all I got. So I guess talk about Star Wars some more. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, jump in. Spoiler alert. Uh, we're unzipping. Whoa, Jeff's we're unzipping. getting ready. Unzipping. Whoa, unzipping. <laughs> Whoa, Mando. Spoil- Big, well, small spoilers. Uh, <laughs> so, Mandalorian Season 3, Episode 5, Chapter 21, The Pirate. Uh, so, uh, starts off with one Carl Weathers. Um, we, we finally circle back around to uh, Navarro and all the, the problems with the, the pirates, the pirate problems. Mm-hmm. Um they they basically start getting bombed. He sets off a message. Um, he doesn't want to do it, but he sends a message off to uh, the yeah. What's that guy's name? What's that captain's name? The pilot's name? Yeah, I don't know. Um, Jeff, I have no idea. The New Republic guy. Have that guy's have that guy's been in like every season. He shows up somehow. Um, yeah. The 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 outer rim. X-wing pilot guy for the Republic, um, but he so yeah. One Carl Weathers needs help. He's super reluctant to do it, but he calls on the the Republic to do it, um, and he sends out the message. By the way, IG whatever his designation does not show up again. So that was a whole like why uh, just bother? wait. Uh, nope. Yeah, no, nope. I'm, I'm just I'm it. just saying like uh, it's it's. Uh, Waste of time. I mean, I hope it doesn't. Yeah. yeah but. Uh, so yeah, yeah we jump back to Coruscant. More the, I think they've gone overboard on like how bogged down the Republic is with the bureaucracy. Like, <laughs> it it doesn't quite add up to me. I, I don't know how you guys feel about it. I think they're trying to make the mm. new sequels make sense. So this is why the, the First Order was in control. Like, I, <laughs> yeah. I think they're just trying to make that make sense. I, I, I could see like how the, the Republic would have mm-hmm. bitten off more than they could chew. And so, like, yeah, they, they can't like monitor what's going on like the Outer Rims or whatever the, whatever the hell they call it. Um, but for them just to be like that, just like, it, it's like Catch-22 levels of of bureaucracy, um, yeah, they go there. We get a, we get a cameo from Tim Meadows. God, um, I'm tired of these cameos. <laughs> it's uh, uh, you're not gonna. Like I don't know. The next we just episode. saw Jack Black. <laughs> Spoiler alert! Like it's fucking ridiculous. Like it, it just totally takes you out, and I don't like it. Well, I'm fine, I, I'm fine yeah. with Tim. I'm Meadows, not. So. It's not like he's like an A-lister. It's still. I exp- He's an yeah. SNL guy. He could go, I can do the robot, like, and just walk out. Like, <laughs> that would have <laughs> made, made sense. Yeah, that, that would be so cool. Uh, but, but, but we see um, What's Her Face again. Uh, she's so evil. Um, her name is Kane, for Christ's sake. Kane, yeah. By the way, it's Captain <laughs> um, Carson Kane. Tiva is the Outer Rim X-Wing pilot. Okay. And, and oh, like, okay. he's supposed to be in the military, too, the Tim Meadows character, right? Yeah, it's like a Colonel, Colonel. Yeah, Colonel Tuttle. Um, 
<laughs> so, yeah, she shows up again. I don't know why, like, she gets to, like, give her opinion on anything, but uh, she's there. You know, she's worming her way into stuff. Um, yeah, she clearly doesn't she... want them to go to the, the outer rim. Yeah, um, Tuttle just wanted an excuse to get out of this conversation. Okay, so, so then there's a little bit of, like, information there that we had where the Empire is doing stuff there based on her, uh, like, trying to keep them out of it. Um, mm-hmm. and she, I, I do like her, though. Like, again, Katie O'Brien is, is the actress. Um, yeah, she's see fine. what happens yeah. with her. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, the, all the bureaucracy, the Timena's like, no, we can't help. Captain takes it on takes it upon himself we get back to the mandalorians you get the you know <laughs> they can take our lives but they can never take our freedom of speech uh mm-hmm. a couple of those and uh, the mandalorians go to kick some ass that's basically the whole episode until yeah. until, until the very awesome. until the end of it uh where all of a sudden the the armor smith um is is like it's awesome that we had this like a home again but let's go back to mandalore like that felt very abrupt <laughs> yeah I, I don't know how you guys again felt about that it was also well, like yeah. very abrupt when when she tells Bo-Katan to take off the helmet um she's like oh you've you've walked both paths and it's like no she's she's been like the helmet Mandalorian thing for like a week <laughs> like what are you talking about um well, cause she saw the mythosaur she did see the mythosaur okay I, I yeah I guess having it's seen the mythosaur is not I guess that makes it not as bad. Um, but they just they go on and on and on about how if, if you don't have the helmet, you're not Mandalorian. It's like, oh, well, I guess you could be both. We'll make an exception in your case. Like It's, just... <laughs> it's probably, you know, that plus her prestigious house that she comes yeah, from. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean it, does, so. it does make sense that, like, she can go grab, she can go wrangle up the non-helmet people, the, the, the helmeted ones, like, she get them all together, yeah. like, yeah. So she walks both worlds, yeah. and then you get the thing with the captain where he he finds the the ship where Darth Gideon has, has been absconded by dun, 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 somebody with Beskar. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the we don't know if if oh shit that's in this episode this latest episode <laughs> never mind so, so, so not, having watched, not having watched this episode I, I i couldn't help but think that that bo katan had something to do with it like although the empire did come to her like castle and blow everything up so that's kind of a convoluted plot if that's the case yeah i don't think so all her all her armor was intact she lost her shoulder pad no i'm not saying she personally Baby did Dragon. it but like she helped orchestrate it as well. Um, no, because she got kicked out. Well, or she well, didn't have people, any followers well, anymore. All right. At, at, at any rate... Not a spoiler, like, Scott. They do not address that at all in this latest episode. So we don't know anything. <laughs> okay. uh, I okay. think she was... Yeah. I think the, it's kind of a frame job of some kind. Or it's a bad version of the Mandalorians, right? They always say there's just different factions. I, I don't think it has anything That's to do with right. her. Yeah. Or anyone we know. But it's possible. Um, yeah. So yeah, the, we'll the, find out in the next next episode. So, yeah, Nav- so, Navarro yeah, is I like guess we took a job. This the side paradise that now has a, a bunch of badass Mandalorians to help 
keeps peace. I mean, do you love it when yeah. the entire townspeople went to the rocks and there was like 30 people there, if that? Yeah, I did notice that. There was oh, like, Jesus. Yeah, like, wow, this is the most low-budget, high-budget show I've ever watched in my life. Well, everybody else went underground and stuff. Or they had townspeople, they had follow this... me! And it was like 20 people. Let's hide they, behind they, they a rock. To, like, well, well, they had to blow a lot of the budget on the, the Baba Frick. Baba Fricks. Yeah. A lot of those dudes. I did, I did like awesome. the Salacious Crumb guy helps him out. Yeah, the, the monkey lizards. Yeah, cause, they're cause, like, hey, they're over there. Close up an ambush. Yeah, yeah. I like how a bunch of guys with jetpacks got, like, were getting cornered in flames. Yeah, ambushed. Like, yeah, what yeah. the hell? Just fly up, assholes. I was, I was like, on yeah, one hand, it was, it was awesome to see down. the Mandalorians be badasses. On the other hand, it's like, a handful of pirates, like, like kind of keeps them in check. Like, <laughs> you think they'd be a little more, like, uh, capable in that? I guess. But they did. I don't, I don't did know. they lose a single Mandalorian though? Uh, no, they didn't. Yeah. They did. They did not. Some got injured. A bunch of them stuff, got shot. Yeah. yeah. See. There you go. I did. I did have like a fist pump moment when they you see the Argusmith show up, like, and then I did laugh out loud <laughs> oh, yeah. when she grabs the guy by the tongs because I'm like, that can't do anything. Like, that just looks stupid. But. <laughs> she broke his, his spine. I, I guess I don't know. those aliens, those alien species. Little known fact: they have a very tiny spine mm. back there in the neck, and she got the nerve. She pinched the nerve. I mean, they're dead. So, so that was what do you What do you think about these pirates? Like literally being space pirates? There's Shmi up in space. Ugnot just yeah. There was, there was there was that was that was I didn't look mm-hmm. at the credits, but was that Warwick Davis? I don't know. It was probably the guy who played the Ugnot in the first movie, the first season. Uh, yeah, lady, lady. Yeah. and then the, the the starship had a wheel. It had a freaking, and he's turning it to the right. Like, <laughs> what the, is a runner on that thing? Like, what's going on? Like, I don't know, man. I know it's all Star Wars comes from old westerns and stuff like that. Yeah, like old series, but yeah, yeah. some of it's a little ridiculous. Um, um, so yeah, the so my my big takeaway from all this is I'm I'm hoping this leads to like a finale. Where a shitload of Mandalorians are fighting um, an equally shitload <laughs> of uh, Imperial or whatever the New Order, whatever the hell they call themselves, um, mm-hmm. and that uh, the New Order finds out they've they fucked with the wrong like I, I don't even know what to call the Mandalorians. The, <laughs> oh shit, the, <laughs> Mandalorians. They're like space. Uh, monks, like I don't even know what the hell to call them. Because like, uh, <laughs> that's the Jedi, right? Those, they're the monks. Like I, I don't know. Yeah, the fuck to call uh, space them. wizards. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. But uh, at any rate, um, I'm hoping that's what we're, they're aiming toward. Barbar- space barbarians is, there you is go. to have a, a big battle, and then the Mandalorians show like why they got nuked. <laughs> so one thing we got to bring up mm-hmm. um, when all the pilots were in their little space bar or whatever, and Tiva's. Gets the message from from uh, Apollo, and that other that big alien dude comes up to him, and starts talking to him. That's a huge deal because that's a character that was in the show Rebels. Like he was one of the main characters, and it okay. and it's voiced by the same guy from the show. So if if you that guy was huge, was he a pilot? Cool. I, I mean, yeah, was huge. I mean, in the show, he's he's like the muscle, right? I don't know if he actually piloted. Yeah, I don't think he flew too much in that show. I just think it was that Hera chick. But it was, you know, that show was about a group of like five or six people. I don't remember exactly, and he was one of the the guys on the crew of the of the ship. Okay. So yeah, that's that's cool. Yeah, 
Ralph McQuarrie's original design for Chewbacca. That is true too. Um, also, um, so yeah, I, like I mentioned last week, the show is totally not about <laughs> uh, the Mandalorian. It's Katie Sackhoff, the Bo-Katan character is. I know she's the yeah. Mandalorian this season. Okay, that's fine. But I mentioned it last week, and you guys kind of said I was kind of crazy. Like I think even, yeah, really. And oh, then, oh. This, sorry, this next ep- <laughs> this next episode is, proves it even more. It's like, yeah, they're even pushing Baby Grogu to the side, which is fine with me. I just, yeah, because um, he was getting a bit much. Um, yeah. So whatever, you know me. <laughs> they, they have mm-hmm. they have been using his name a lot more. I, I, I wonder, not Grogu. Well, yeah, Grogu. Jin, Din. Yeah. Oh, Jin, Jin. And I wonder if that's Jaren. why, just so that you can be like, well, Din Mandalorian Jaren. doesn't necessarily have to be him at this point, right? So yeah, uh, Din Jaren. This could be Katie yeah. Sackhoff. It could be Grogu. <laughs> it could be the Armorsmith. No, because he can't speak the words yet. Maybe in another seventy-five years, what Grogu will be able to speak the words. But yeah, like I said, I'm fine with it. Like I said, I love uh, Katie Sackhoff and all that stuff, and the character seems pretty cool. Like I was kind of worried to bring another cartoon character in, but she's been doing really well here. Um, but yeah. I, don't know. I think I think like the meta of it all is just like, like we we can't keep Katie Sackhoff in the helmet. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's bad enough that we're keeping Pedro Pascal like with that with the helmet on all the time. Like we gotta we can't do that to two stars. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, there was something else I wanted to bring up. I don't know. I am not r- really enjoying this season. It's freaking cheesy. I think this Filoni character, he's, he comes from the Lucas thing. where I, They have good ideas, like abstract concepts, but they don't know how to put it to pen and paper. And then you'll hear about him talk about it at Celebration, and they'll describe it, and you're like, oh, that's what's going on. That's really freaking cool. I like those ideas. But on screen, it's like, I'm not getting any of that. And... It's just so stupid he, he fights the, and. Is he the showrunner? Yeah, him and Favreau both are. Okay, because I was curious, like how much Favreau is doing at this point. Yeah, him and Favreau, um, as far as I know. Um, but and I think he kind of took on the on this show. Actually, he might have been doing less because I think he's doing more of the Ahsoka show. I don't know how it's, it's going on. I know the first two. I, I've, I've been paying attention, other than that. That one episode where I noticed that it was directed by one Carl Weathers, like, is yeah. anybody, who, who's been directing these? Do you know Jeff? All over How's... the people, all over the place. Well, the latest, yeah, again, Bryce Dallas Howard uh, directed the latest, the latest, latest episode. Okay, yeah, and that uh, it's a lot of the same people. Um, that I can't Fuku Fukuya whatever he did a cup. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. on a couple episodes. Antoine yeah. Fuqua. It was not Antoine. No, Rick Fumaji because <laughs> oh, okay. he was in this episode. They yeah, they yeah. Uh, had Deborah Chow, him and Filoni had like cameos in that space bar again. They've had cameos a couple he's, times. I thought I thought he was the captain. Whatever was that not? What? I thought that guy was the guy that played the captain like the asian ball captain dude captain. yeah no no he's just an actor he's not one of the okay yeah 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 actually yeah rick fumiwo is a black dude and not the asian guy <laughs> so, okay. yeah so. <laughs> well i'm embarrassed no. um yeah i think i don't know i i yeah we'll see 
in this last episode, same thing. Yeah, there's moments. <laughs> there's other moments. Talk more Literally about Queen of Hearts moment in this last one. That was going to want to shit myself, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you thought uh, playing um, croquet with a bird and a gopher <laughs> was weird? Well, wait till you see what Disney's doing now in Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, eh. They didn't stay there for too long. <laughs> okay. All right. Is that it? I think so. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Here's looking at you, kid. Wrong movie. We at Hans Shop First would like to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. We would love to hear from you, so feel free to contact us on Facebook and Twitter at Hans Shop First. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are greatly appreciated and help us get more exposure. Once again, thanks for listening and supporting the podcast. Just like they did in Key Largo